everybody, and welcome to, finally, another true story from Tinseltown. And I am here with my beloved April, who I miss so much, and I love doing it with. But we, you know, life happens. You know, we were doing our our iconic love stories, and as April said, they're kind of like iconically tragic, too, which is true. But um, we're back, and like I said, we had some issues we had to get done, and... You know, we're here. So thank you, April. You're here, and I am thrilled. You know, I'm always thrilled to work with you, Grace. It's the highlight of my week. Mine, too. And why don't you tell everybody who we are yakking about today? So I think we are doing the quintessential old Hollywood romance, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Or as the public like to call them, Dick and Liz or Liz and Dick. <laughs> And I love them. I I think nobody, no actor or actress, big deal, Grace married a prince. Oh, big deal. Borschnor, right? Um, who who was like them? Nobody. They were jet setting. They had kids. They were big. They were loud. They were drunk. They were brash. They loved. They hated. They they were just you know, followed everywhere and just I think the biggest thing. Yeah. I love them still to this day. I am fascinated by them. I've read many books. Um, I've watched interviews. I just, I just love them. So they're my you favorite. Know, and I, yeah, no, I, I totally feel that. I just, I love them too. I mean, I really love, you know, Ava and Frank, but I have to say that I love Liz and Dick even more. Me too, because. They had, you know, poor Aaron Frank. They they couldn't stay together at all. They, they they weren't together at all, and they never even got remarried. Where Elizabeth and Richard did, but Elizabeth and Richard together, you know, through thick and thin for a lot of years, and I believe faithfully for a lot of years. Whether they strayed or he strayed once in a while, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's a great story, and I love Aaron Frank, and I love Ava. Um, but she was, she was something on her own. I mean, she didn't need Frank. She had some kind of life as did Elizabeth. She was some Mm -hmm. kind of broad and I love those dames. Yeah, no, most definitely Grace. Um, I, I feel the same exact way. Yeehaw. Okay. So do you want to start us out with our tale of those Um, twosomes? Yeah, so um, we're normally, you know, we focus a lot on like, you know, their lives before and everything. But I think with Liz and Dick, you you have to, you know, kind of fast track it because there's so much. But Richard Burton was actually born Richard Walter Jenkins Jr. Um, if that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is. Isn't that funny that uh, they but- waited to name him after the father? Because he was the 12th of 13 children. Yeah, and he he was the one that was lucky to have it. But isn't it an ironic that he's the one who doesn't keep the name? Yes, it is. Um, So Richard um, was born in Wells in 1925. He his family was very poor. His mom worked as a barmaid, and his dad worked as a coal miner. Uh, when he was about two years old, or just under two years old. his mom actually passed away because of postpartum infections from having her 13th child. Poor um, lady. Yikes. Yeah. And there's just, 
it, it was extremely tragic. Richard actually went to go live with his sister, Cecilia, who was like 19 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine though having all of these kids and you have like, you have a newborn and a 19 year old. I mean, that's just crazy. Well, my sister was 18 when I was born. So, <laughs> but we didn't have 13 kids. Didn't, yeah. Your mom also didn't have 13 kids. Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, no, but this is definitely something that would happen in Utah. Trust me. <laughs> um, and I can, I can say that cause I live here. Right. So it's okay. Um, so, you know, he, he ended up living with his sister, his sister, he called her sis. Uh, that's really who he considers his mom. And Richard always was, you know, extremely thankful to her. Oh, he adored her. her. He loved her very much. Yeah. Uh, his dad would come every once in a while to come see him, but those were pretty rare visits. He, he really just, you know, looks at Sis and Sis's husband as, you know, like being like his parents, which is understandable. And Dad was a, um, a drunk. You know, he, he kind of yes. was drunk a lot. Yeah, Richard at one point apparently said that he was like a 10-pint-a-day man. Ouch. So just to put that into, you know, perspective, he was drinking quite a bit. He um, was not tall. Was Did you ever see a picture of him with Richard? Yeah, no, he's not tall at all. Richard's 5'10", and the dad looked like he could have been 5'5", five, 5'4". Five, five, yeah, I know. Isn't that weird how the heights go? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but you can obviously see how, you know, alcoholism can run in families because, of course, we know what happened with Richard. Um, Richard became close with his schoolmaster, Philip Burton, um, and... Philip actually wanted to adopt Richard at one point, but he was 20 days too young to be 21 years older than, you know, the adoptee, which would be Richard. So instead, Richard became Philip's legal ward, and he decided to change his name to Richard Burton. So that's how Richard is one of the few people who didn't get his name changed from a studio. He actually got it in his personal life. It's a great name. It really is a great name. It's just a star name. Big time. Uh, you know, and Richard absolutely adored Philip. He would say at one point that he believed he owed Philip everything. So, you know, you can just see how close they must have, must have been. Uh, Richard served in the RAF, which for those who don't know what that is, it's the Royal Air Force. So Britain's Air Force. Uh, he was in the RAF until 1947. Um, but back in 19, or a couple of years later, I should say, in 1949, he actually married his first wife, Sybil Williams. Um, of course, Sybil plays a pretty key part in our story. But by all accounts, she was a loving wife to Richard. They have three kids. They'll eventually have three kids two. together. They have two. Or two kids together, thank you. Kate and the other one, yeah. Uh, Jessica. Jessica, who was was learning disabled, yes. Yes. They have um, Jessica and Kate, and they are a pretty, you know, happy family, but Sybil does realize that if Richard wants to cheat, Richard is going to go cheat. But he is with Sybil when he makes his transition to Hollywood in 1952. Um, he had started acting um, actually on the stage in 1948. A lot of people considered him to be the, success, the uh, successor to Olivier. Um, you know, and he 
Hollywood came a calling and, you know, he agreed to go over on the other side of the pond. And uh, I believe his first starring role was in My Cousin Rachel. Yes. And he was gorgeous. I really thought he was very attractive. Yeah, you know, he he really was. He's one of those people, I feel like his presence is more attractive than right. like well, he, him he, being attractive. But he had beautiful eyes, too. Beautiful, beautiful eyes and that whole being. I don't know. I just thought, you know, I think when I was a little kid and I heard about whatever or, or I read something or I'm, I'm reading books and I didn't even know who people were, I didn't. I was like... How hum, you know, but then when you get older, you go, yum, <laughs> forget the whole hum. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just, it's really fabulous. Um, the following year, he, of course, makes The Robe. Uh, the Robe is the biggest movie of 1953. Really? And it, yes, the, the Robe was extremely popular. You don't think about it too much now, though, do you? No, but I like it. I like him in it. And, of course, Victor Mature and um, and that lovely woman. What's her name? Claire. Not Claire Bloom. That's a woman he had an affair with. Gene Simmons. Yes, Gene Simmons is absolutely gorgeous. Totally yes. underrated, too. Oh, big time. I like her a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I really love that movie. I think it's fabulous. It's. And it's really what, and for you know, like the biblical aspects of the 1950s. I mean, it's just it's fabulous. It's all done in cinescope. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, oh, How to Marry a Millionaire was like the first film filmed in, or maybe it was Gentleman Prefer Blonde. It had to be Gentleman Prefer Blonde was the first one filmed in cinescope. But they wanted it, Fox wanted The Robe to be the first film filmed in Cinescope to be released. So it was actually released before the first film that was filmed in Cinescope. I, it's like this whole thing. But The Robe is just a, hu- a huge thing. And Richard is really propelled to superstardom. Uh, so, you know, in fact... Zanuck, Daryl Zanuck, everyone's, you know, favorite studio head after, you know, the robe was so successful, actually came up to Richard and offered him a seven-year, seven-picture, $1 million contract. No way. Which in 1953, a million dollars is considered huge. That's a million bucks. I sure wouldn't turn away today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would not. Yeah, it was just, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so, of course, there's a bunch of stuff to celebrate the robe. Um, Richard Burton goes to a party, and he meets Elizabeth Taylor for the first time. Now, of course, at this point, she's married to her second husband, Michael Wilding, uh, and she is pregnant. But Richard supposedly said that she was so extraordinarily beautiful that I nearly laughed out loud. Yes. Uh, She was at, uh, they were at the Gene Simmons and Stuart Granger's pad. And Liz was sitting by the mm -hmm. pool. Yeah. She was only 21. God, she was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. She's super, she's one of those people she was in Hollywood for so long and did so much that you tend to think of her as being older. Well, she didn't look like a kid. She looked like a, a mature uh, woman, sensuous mm-hmm. young woman. Yeah, most definitely. And um, it, it's hard. 
I, I don't know. Uh, there's there'll never be another quiz. That's all no, I can say about that. I love her too. Um, and then so I guess that's a good time to jump to um, Liz's life. So Liz was born um, in 1932 in London. Although it's worth noting that um, her her oh my gosh, if I could talk, her parents were both United States citizens. Isn't that so funny? Liz, I just you know I reread a book of mine. I had forgotten about that. I thought they were British citizens. I forgot that they were born here. Yeah, no, they they were born here. Um, her dad was an art dealer, and her mom was a retired stage actress. Of course, Sarah Taylor was a very difficult mother. Um, <laughs> very to say driven. It nicely. Yes, very driven. Uh, obviously, I mean she she was something else. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, but you know, Liz has a very different life than you know Richard what Richard came from uh but you know she's sitting there and she's born and she's like the most beautiful baby you'll ever see I mean I love seeing Liz Taylor baby pictures I just think she's absolutely like gorgeous for a baby which sounds weird but you know she was a beautiful little child did you Katie Kelly and this is something that I read she was such a vicious woman I never read her book but I was reading you know for reading up for this forever but you know, she said that Elizabeth was born with fine black hair all over her body. Oh, Kitty Kelly. Rawr. Anyway, Elizabeth was beautiful regardless. She she was such a cutie. She was adorable. And, yeah, I don't know where – Kitty Kelly came up with some whoppers. She was mean. She was a mean woman. But her book sold, you know, being mean sells. It does. Mm-hmm. Look at look at some of the most popular books in the genres we cover. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's. Um, but Liz um, and her parents eventually come back to the United States. Uh, Sarah starts pushing her, you know, daughter. I, I believe Liz at this point is like six or seven mm-hmm. when they move back. And uh, she's, you know, really pushing her daughter to, you know, get into films pretty much as soon as they arrive in California. Uh, so, you know, Liz, she, she, I'm trying to think what I'm trying to say. Sorry, Grace. So Sarah takes Liz to auditions. Um, Elizabeth auditions for both Universal and MGM. And actually, Sarah decides to take Universal's deal instead of MGM, even though we always associate Liz with MGM. She actually started out with Universal. Um, but her time at Universal, I would say, is relatively uneventful. Didn't she get 200 a week or something? Or two? Yeah, so, something like that. Or, yeah, 150, 200 a week, something like that. Yes. She, she gets a pretty good amount, but she's for a little child really in, that mommy and daddy can, you know, kind of keep. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she's she's not really in anything that's super fabulous. Although I have to say, Jane Eyre is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I, love, I love that. Her I love Peggy Ann Garner. I want to do a show on Peggy Ann Garner. It she is an interesting would character. Fun. Would you like to do that with me? I yeah, love Peggy Ann Garner, but um, she was so beautiful in Jane Eyre. How old was she? Do you know? Let me look it up. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Be 43. So she would have been nine. 
She or was 10. so beautiful. Probably 10 when they were filming. And yeah. angelic. And they said it's like she had double lashes. I mean, I would, oh my God, if I had eyelashes like her, I would be like, you know, coquetting my eyelashes here, there, and everywhere. Even to even if no one was around, I'd look in the mirror and <laughs> do my eyelashes. Well, that's the thing, because Helen has to be so much prettier than Jane. And I mean... Garner isn't like a homely child or actor or anything like that. But when you see her next to Liz, it's just like you just stare at this, you know, 10 year old. Well, she was like a. Well, the name of the book that I have on her is uh, Peggy and Garner, Plain Beautiful. You know what I mean? Which it was. Mm -hmm. And um, but Elizabeth was just beautiful. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. you know, breathtaking as a child. Exactly. Um, she's, yeah, she's just, I don't know. I don't think there'll ever be another Liz. Um, but, you know, WB keeps her around for a little bit. And then at 12, she is offered the role by MGM um, to star in National Velvet. Uh, MGM actually wanted her to change her name to Virginia and reshape her eyebrows and dye her hair, but Elizabeth and her parents both refused to do that. And thank God that did not happen. Why would they mess with perfection here, you know? Yeah, that's my thing. I'm just like, you have it all right there. Why why even try to mess with it? Uh, National Velvet, of course, becomes a huge box office success when it's released in 1944. And MGM finally obtains, you know, Elizabeth uh, after National Velvet's release. They buy out her contract and they sign her to a salary of seven fifty a week. Wow. And you have to think Liz at this point is, you know, 12. Wow. And that's where she met Roddy McDowell, who is her lifelong friend, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, I I, I don't know, it's just, things move so fast for her. And yeah, she forms a lot of lifelong friendships while she's at MGM. Which is unusual, I think. But since she was there as a child, um, she does that. Of course, we can't uh, forget her Montgomery Cliff to Place in the Sun, where she met her BFF. She fell madly in love with him, but he was gay, and she loved him anyway. And he called her Bessie May, which I love. <laughs> yeah, and they were just, they were perfect together. I mean, obviously, you know, not from a real-life romance standpoint, but from, like, a deep understanding and love for each other. They which were you just saw perfect. when they were together, and they adored each mm-hmm. other. And I read this cracks me up. And um, I think it was in the wonderful book. This I think she's Patricia Boswell wrote a biography on Montgomery Clift. And she said that they would go out and Elizabeth would get a kick because they'd see her. Oh, she's so beautiful. Look at Montgomery Clift. And then she would burp out loud and people would be looking around. Did she just burp? <laughs> Did she just laugh? <laughs> so that's, you know, she was down to earth too, you know. She may have been Miss exactly. Million Dollar stuff, but she did. She was a down to earth broad. Exactly. She was just, she was, I, I don't know, I think Liz was, I, I strive to be like Liz. I felt, but that's who I want to be like. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Liz's mom especially is very domineering and Liz begins to think, well, if I can just get married, I can get away from it. So 
1950, she marries Nikki Hilton. Heir and of course, to millionaire. Yeah. Um, he, he is of the famous Hilton, and he is a complete jerk. Yes, and they, but they also wanted to promote it, their marriage, because they wanted to promote Father of the Bride. And Elizabeth right. wanted to get and, away from her mother. Um, exactly. Elizabeth wants to get away from her mother, and MGM wants to, you know, sit there and promote the movie and everything. And it's just, it's a very complicated time for her. Um, she realizes pretty quickly that her marriage with Nikki isn't going to go anywhere. Yes, they go on this, and, like, long cruise. He gambles, mm -hmm. he stays away from her, he gambles, and he beats the crap out of her. So basically, it was over before their honeymoon was over, and they they got divorced. He was a rotten, exactly. rotten guy, meanie. Yeah, he, he was absolutely horrible to her. So, like you said, they get divorced, um, and then she goes with Michael Wilding. She thinks that Michael is very mature, and he will really help her grow up, it's it, Kind of a um, creepy age gap. Not well, going to lie, it's how old exactly he? twenty years. Twenty years. You know who yeah. she took him away from? He was having an affair with Marlena Dietrich, and Marlena didn't appreciate it. But Elizabeth got Michael. But Marlena had so many people. But you know, how dare you take him away from me? She wanted them all. <laughs> anyway, I think she also felt that he. She knew he was kind and he was gentle, although Hedda Hopper, do you know the story, told Elizabeth not to marry him because he was gay. And she kept telling Elizabeth, do not marry him. He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. Well, I don't know if he's gay, but uh, allegedly they had this whole thing about um, what's his name? The guy, Stuart Granger. And him having an affair. This is what Hedda Hopper told Elizabeth. I don't care, whatever. She wasn't like that. So uh, actually, Stuart Granger came out and said they did have a one night stand. And it was like, I don't know, you know, he said it's like, you know, when you're being shelled or something, it was one night kind of thing. So he did admit to that. But he, I don't believe he was, um, you know, whatever. He had an adventure. But Hedda really yeah, went high on the hawk to get to have her not marry him and even implied it in her column, which, you know, she did. Right. And I mean, she does have two kids with him, um, you know, and like we said, when she meets Richard, she's actually pregnant, you know, with Michael's kid. Um, but her career, you know, is going up. She's one of MGM's biggest stars in the fifties. Oh, definitely. You know, she's, She's one of the few people who has, has transitioned extremely, or who transitioned. Children who can say. transition into yeah. adult roles. I exactly. thought she was very good in Giant. You know who I heard say she wasn't? I mean, that movie is a movie. I think James Dean was a little over the top when he became the old guy. Maybe, you know, people will kick my butt for that, but... Um, but I, I liked her in that movie, and I thought she was very, she was very, she underplayed, and she was really good. And that's where she got her lifelong friendship with Rock Hudson. And when she was with Michael Wilding, she convinced Monty to come out that night, along with the guy who was in an uh, invasion of the body, Kevin McCarthy and his wife, 
to come out because there was supposed to be a priest there. He didn't want to go out, but they went, and the priest never showed. And that's night Montgomery was going down the winding road and got into the accident. And she literally climbed in the car and pull, pulled his teeth out because he was choking on his teeth. So she was married to Michael Wilding when that happened. Yeah, and she um, and that accident I think really affected Liz. Um, I saw not too long ago, and one of the groups, someone posted the map, and you could see that it was only about like 500 feet from Elizabeth's driveway where um, Monty's accident actually happened. People think that it was like a couple miles down the road, but actually it was down a little. It wasn't that far down, which makes sense when you see like that Liz is running down the street. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's not running uh, for miles. I've always been trying. Yeah, because yeah, I've always tried to figure that one out because people go, oh, you know, they ran back and then Liz, you know, ran out. And then I'm like, well, Liz ran out and, like, was able to save him. And she did that by running two miles. Like, she would have had to be going, like, 15 miles an yeah, hour. But no. it makes sense when you realize it's only 450 feet down the street. I believe he was following Kevin McCarthy because it was, I think, mm-hmm. maybe rainy that night or whatever. And he was following Kevin McCarthy and his wife down the street. And of course, it, right. it, it uh, they were doing Raintree County, and you can see the before and after, after poor Montgomery. This this was his destruction, you know, it really uh, it hurt his face, nerve damage where he couldn't move certain muscles, and it changed his appearance greatly. And so he took a lot of pain pills. He was constantly in pain and drank a lot, and that was, that was sort of the end of Monty. But Elizabeth stood by him, and he worked. Um, exactly. And, you know, she, she just, I think she really loved Monty. Very much. Um, but, you know, her, her career is going, Michael's is going down. They get divorced in 1957. Uh, she marries Mike Todd, who I, I know that Mike Todd obviously was a producer and everything, but I think Mike Todd is most known today for his publicity stunts. Yes. Um, he was definitely a showman. He definitely. He was you a know. shyster. He was a gambler. He was married to mm-hmm. John Londell and he gambled away her fortune. You know, so he wasn't exact. You know, who knows? I'm. I'm. I feel very badly that the man died. I don't wish anyone death, but I mean, he was not just you know some some guy. He had a lot of. Per- he was a big mouth, big you know showy dude. And she loved that. Right, exactly. She she did. Um, although I have to be honest with you, I don't think they would have lasted. Oh, me either. Uh, I think he would have stolen money from her and whatever, et cetera. Exactly. And the funny thing is before before Richard died, she would say Mike Todd was the love of her life, which I knew very well he wasn't. And you can't be married to a guy for a year and then he dies and have him be the love of your life because you don't even have that long, long enough time to really – learned that, you know, his feet smell or anything like this, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if his feet Um, smelled. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just saying. (laughs) No, 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 I think we all know what you mean. Um, She does have a daughter with Mike. Liza. um, And yes. And then, of course, she has issues and Mike has to make a decision, you know, about what to do with, you know, Liz, like there's a chance she'll die. So he tells the doctor, you know, give her the surgery so she can't have any more kids. No way. I did not know that. 
Yeah, so that that's the, supposedly what happened because the doctor tells she has complications giving birth to Liza and Mike says, well, you know, and the doctor's like, you know, she shouldn't have any more kids. So Mike's just like, okay, make it so she can't have kids. So that's I why think she, she had a cesarean kids. with Liza. Yeah. And so it, it, she well, I never read that. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and I have to say, I mean, it might be something that's been disproven. I just, I remember reading that and one of it was Taylor bios I read. Um, but anyway, I, I know that she has an issue and then that's why she never has any more children, supposedly. Um, so, you know, and then of course Mike dies in a plane crash. She is beside herself. And she is comforted quite a bit by Eddie Fisher, who is my, who was Mike Todd's best friend, which I just have to say, it does a lot for both of them when Eddie Fisher's your best friend, because he's just a complete jerk. He's a schmuck. Um, you got to read his memoirs. He's cruel. Also, he was he mini is. Mike. He wanted to be Mike. Um, he mm-hmm. was married to Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. They were like American sweethearts. And Debbie was actually Elizabeth's maid of honor and he, uh, matron of honor, and he was the best man at their wedding. And I read this, I think this is right. They had a very feisty relationship, Elizabeth and Mike. And one day Debbie, Debbie wrote this in her book that, um, Elizabeth and Mike started having a fight and then he's like slugging her. They're rolling around on the floor and Debbie gets on top of Mike to get him off of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says, stop it, Debbie. Stop being such a Girl Scout. <laughs> and she starts laughing. And, you know, then they go on with dinner. <laughs> yeah. And Eddie's so getting a just... chubby there. Let's face it. He's like, oh, I wish she was like that. Because they didn't have this chemistry. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think she loved him. And I Eddie was a big... He was very big. He had the Coca-Cola, Eddie Fisher Hour, which I think was like number one. He was getting very high high pay and mm-hmm. he made a good salary. But let's face it, you know, he hopped on it and um, left and um, had a hopper even uh, said something. And she said, well, Mike's dead and I'm alive. That was the big quote. So why yeah. shouldn't she be? Yeah, it's uh, it, it it was definitely it was this huge scandal. Um, Liz, of course, is branded a home record. Debbie Reynolds is, you know, rightfully upset. Um, and so it's just it's a it's a huge mess. So Liz already has quite the brush with you know people hating like her scandals. guts. Yes, yeah, people hating her guts for going with married men. By the time she meets Richard, of course, she and Richard meet um, Richard at this point, just to back up. He's, you know, been doing successful things and everything. But and he's nowhere he, as successful as Elizabeth. She is a no, super not duper at all. star. Yeah, I, I would say he's more of like a successful character actor, if that makes sense. He kind of just does these, not all of them, but a lot of them are kind of these like, oh, I'm a tough dude roles you know what well, I mean and he was on he was doing Camelot because there was Peter Finch and um Stephen Boyd Stephen Boyd Elizabeth got sick this is how she won the public back and she got the Oscar for Butterfield 8 is that she had to try 
uh, tracheotomy. She can breathe. And she said that they said that she died and she saw Mike, whatever. And so she got the sympathy vote and therefore she was no longer the pariah. And as, uh, What's her name? Shirley McLean said, I lost to a tracheotomy. She beat yeah. her from the apartment. And so she became Although, in the public's good graces again. Exactly. Although I have to say, I think that she, you know, the Oscar was also kind of like, you've done so much good work, we're going to throw it to you. You know what I mean? But they had hated her before. Until she well, died. Well, they had. And I think the <laughs> until she died, yeah. until she died and got the tracheotomy. And Liz didn't even like her role or her, you know, she hated that movie. Program. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things. Go figure. To be honest with you, I think she should have won for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, but that's just me. Um, she did too. Yeah. And I just think that's her greatest role. Um, so they're sitting there. Well, one of her greatest roles, I right. should say. I actually like Cleopatra. It's very long, but I do like it. Do you know, I've um, never so, seen you know, it. I've got to see it. Oh, really? You yeah. should watch it. It's good. It's very long, though. Like, Gone with the Wind Long. Um, so, you know, Richard's popular, but like you said, he, he's not a superstar like Liz. He's just someone who's continuously working. Um He's still married to Sybil, and Sybil knows he has affairs, but she's kind of like, I know what he does, but at the end of the day, he's always going to come back to me. And he does love her in his own way. You know, he he admires her. He respects her opinion. He loves his daughters. You know, he they have a family unit when he's home, but when he's gone, you know, all bets are off, let's face it. So, um, but he did respect... If you can say respect when you cheat on her, but he he admired and and turned to her, and and liked his family. Yeah, and I I really think he loved Sybil. I it do just too. Wasn't like a, it just wasn't like a passionate love. No, it was like the comfortable love of someone who came from where you were. Sybil let her hair go gray, so she was more motherly, and. Um, but she she loved her Richard, and like she said, he'll come back. You know, whatever he does, he'll come back. Exactly. Um, so Richard and Liz, you know, have their brief meeting in 1952. And when they, you know, are going to go and film Cleopatra, Liz is just saying, they're thinking, I'm not going to be another notch in this guy's belt. And Richard... I don't, I mean, he's obviously attracted to Liz, you know, he comes up to her and the first thing he says to her is, has anyone ever told you that you're a very pretty girl? Isn't that funny? Then she went back and told all the girls, oh, he's this great, what is this? Can you believe this is what he said to me? <laughs> yeah, the great wit, the great yeah. intellectual of Wales. Yeah. And, but by the end of that day, they're like, making out basically so it just uh they it just sparks flew i think Um, it's something because this is how uh i love this story is at first i think she was attracted to him but she she didn't like you said didn't want to be a notch in his belt he had been out drinking he drank all the time and they drank all the time on the sets everywhere and he came in and he was getting some coffee because he needed to you know 
shake those hangover blues. And he his, his hands were sh- shaking so much he couldn't get the coffee to his mouth. Elizabeth came over, took his hands and helped him get the coffee in his mouth. And the rest is history. That was it. Yeah, they're just, they're just, it's, it's over. I mean, they're sitting there and they are like camping out in her trailer together. You know, there's a, Liz attempts suicide at one point when he's, you know, going to to go back with, yeah. Oh, he does a lot of, it's so wild when you think about it, because when you, you know, Eddie's there and he's no longer got a gig. His gig is taking care of Elizabeth. So he got on the Cleopatra payroll to watch out for Elizabeth. And so he's there and he said, even if Richard Burton didn't try to take, didn't take Elizabeth, I still would have hated his guts. Well, who knows, Eddie? You know, you're not exactly Mr. Swell Guy yourself. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, no, they're just, they're like fireworks. It's amazing. It's, but then he mm-hmm. has that guilt. He has incredible guilt. Sybil comes into Italy. Roddy McDowell is working on Cleopatra. He is friends with both Elizabeth and both Sybil. Um, Eddie goes to Sybil and tells her about everything going on and, and people get mad at him saying, you know, how dare he go to tell Sybil, but I think Sybil already knew anyway. And one night they have a party and everybody's bombed and Richard demands Elizabeth to say, uh, Eddie's right there. She said, who do you love? Him or me? Who do you love? And Elizabeth told Richard him. Talk about being like... Ouch. <laughs> but he was like. Yeah. It's, uh, well, and that's the thing, you know, as much as I like, like their, you know, relationship with each other and just like, I guess the, uh, you know, pa- like the amount of passion they have for each other, it's still like a toxic relationship. Oh, they, it was always, it's like people in, and even the song, it's a thin line between love and hate, but they were loving and, and it was so, it was toxic yet. It was so passionate to pull to each other. They had never experienced. And if you read, um, I love this book. What is it called? I'm just reading it again. Um, well, there's one with Richard Burton's diaries. This is Furious Love, I believe. And mm-hmm. it has excerpts of Richard's diaries and things he said about her. You know, he would say, oh, yes, she has nice eyes and lovely boobs, but, you know, she has a stomach and a double chin and short legs, but she's beautiful beyond pornography and all this stuff. Yeah. Right and simply, just, of course not, but he had that comfort. She was where he was from. He had two children with her. So... He would go back and forth. And then when the photo was pictured, a la scandal, when the Vatican denounced them and, you know, they were they were photographed kissing. Liz is in her bathing suit and they're kissing there on that dock. That's when it all yeah. came tumbling down. Yeah, and it comes tumbling down very hard. I mean, like you said, the Vatican actually denounces both of them. Um I know someone in Congress in Georgia said they should be banned from the United yes. States. Yes. Oh, my. Just it's like somebody like, did with Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Ingrid Bergman was promoting an unhealthy like lifestyle or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
But it's just their their relationships everywhere. Like take Brangelina and times it by ten bazillion. Exactly. And that is how this couple is. Yeah, because every felt everybody felt sorry for Jennifer Aniston and everybody started hating Angelina Jolie. And um Brad, they they hate him, but they didn't hate hate him. It was it was really Angelina because she was so you know like I'm so in love with my brother. She's wearing Billy Bob Thornton's blood, and you know you know then she was a heroin addict. You know she was, let's say, you know she was um, a little more spicy than Jennifer. Although I don't know Jennifer, Jennifer could be very spicy. She could be a hot tamale, you know, who knows, but... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, we I, don't know I don't that. think so, but maybe. Yes, but I think um, the big the pull for him was he wanted kids. She did not want kids. and You know, that's what I've always thought it was. Yeah. I just, I don't think she wants kids. And I mean, power to her for not wanting kids. No, yeah, there's no... You know, because people are still saying, oh, she's pregnant. Well, I think she's 52 now, you guys. I think she proved she didn't want kids. Yeah, she didn't want kids, but he did. So I think that was his, along with probably really hot sex, that was his drawing point to Angelina. Listen to the stories of Tinsel Tales. 